Chapter One of A Christmas Honeymoon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jen Broda. A Christmas Honeymoon by Francis Amar Matthews. Chapter One. What Betty Revere wrote to Annie de Paster. Christmas Eve in the morning at Willard's Hotel, Washington, D.C. My dearest girl, I am sitting up with ten pillows at my back. It is only six o'clock a.m., but I can't sleep another wink. Not that I have slept, for I haven't not a moment since I lay down at two a.m. four hours ago, back from the crush at the White House. Before I go another line, Merry Christmas, dear, a thousand of them. I sent you a wee bit of a gift by post last week, but I just had to light five candles on my dressing-table, you know how I dislike gas, and give you the news, oh yes, there is news, Nan, glorious news, too. Dad is to go, positively, to Limoges, as consul-general. Don't pout, for I, who have always longed to live in France, shall remain here in the States. Why, I hear you ask? because i am engaged yes to marry whom do you think mr peter van zant hasty you say yes i suppose so we had never met until six weeks ago when at the british embassy we did it was a case of no no not love but liking at first sight and the very next morning his card came up with some flowers and the next and the next and all the morning since and he himself every day he is stopping at this hotel too and last night at the white house in a certain corner of the conservatory betty revere capitulated and i am happier than i quite understand as for mr van zant well he says he is in heaven it's to be a late autumn wedding peter says so and maybe it'll have to be in france i don't know yet but what do you think you remember the big brick double house on the corner of the square the house with two front doors one on washington park the other around the corner the house we used to pass on our way to school at number one with the silver plate on the door on the square and dr van zant on it well that is to be my home peter is that dr van zant's son and that queer old delicious double house was built that double way so that the doctor's patients should not disturb the doctor's family they tell me it is exactly two separate establishments except for a single wide folding door on each floor so i am not to live abroad and we shall not be separated and you will be my first bridesmaid and i know peter will like you and you peter and i do wish his name wasn't peter i can never call him that he's not like a peter he's handsome and big and tall and strong and a bit stern and very tender and immensely courtly and i think we'll never become too intimate a too intimate man must be frightful to be married to it's seven o'clock now my chocolate will be coming soon i've been engaged let me see seven hours exactly because i know it was just midnight when peter in a very masterful way i must say took possession and slipped his great big ring on my finger until he can fetch me a prettier one he said 
oh nan dear i wish you could see the flowers peter has just sent me a great basket full dripping over with little bridal roses and carnations and the foolish fellow says in his note not as red as your mouth not as sweet as your kiss not as fair as your face and in the heart of one of the roses was such a ring nan so brilliant and beautiful a consolation not a solitaire i don't like solitaires i wonder how peter knew i suppose peter has instincts some men have now i must dress for a round of calls then dinner here peter is to dine with us then the christmas eve dance at the madisons no one in the whole world knows about peter and me but you dear i am to wear the pink over the blue with the mother-of-pearl fringe and ribbon roses you remember i wish you were here with all my heart later oh nan such a ball there never was with such charming surprises one was a big tissue-paper balloon red white and blue hung between the folding doors after supper captain ashley the military attache was blindfolded and armed with a wand his object was to strike the balloon he failed in fact four men failed then mr van zant's eyes were bandaged and the wand given to him with all the company on the qui vive i can assure you for it was a novelty to all of us and we were surmising what the balloon contained when peter oh how i wish his name were not peter struck the fatal blow and we were all showered with flour and with such a multitude of trinkets of silver and silk and velvet as never before was seen some labelled some not the men all scrambling to get the prettiest things for their especial girls the girls grasping at the prettiest masculine things for the especial men it seems it is a german custom and certainly it was jolly and charming peter while we were dancing the cotillion he led and did it to perfection said that we should have a balloon like that one at the double house our first christmas there i wonder if we will now dear nan i must close write me here at willard's for the next fortnight our movements are uncertain dad heard at the state department that he would be called upon to leave for his post almost immediately owing to the death of his predecessor in the office of limoges and the vice is ill so i don't know how things may shape themselves peter not engaged but a few hours if you please is already quite presumptuous in his remarks approving of early marriages i am not so sure peter is twenty-one i am i mean i will be eighteen soon perhaps it would be nicer to wait a few years i shall suggest the wisdom of this to peter to-morrow when we are going for a ride together captain ashley is loaning us mounts oh i forgot to tell you that the delightful little carriage-house and stable built at the end of the garden of the double house is not empty peter has two enchanting i'm sure they are so from their names horses poppet and peacock and they are eleven and twelve years old strawberry roans and a coupe which is to be done over in white cloth for a bride and there are two wonderful old servants quite old but still very immensely serviceable peter says shaddle a butler he is almost thirty-five and supple her first name is bridget who is actually twenty-eight 
don't call me a flyaway although who knows but that i am dad always calls me that he told peter now nan what do you think dad told peter in the first place what do you think peter told dad nothing less than this colonel revere i'm going to marry your daughter if i can win her that was said the first time peter ever saw me dad only told me today and dad answered well sir your audacity is not displeasing take care though my daughter is like quicksilver only she is gold and i sometimes think no man will ever capture her if he gives her time enough to change her mind her mind is her own sir and she takes surprising liberties with it i assure you i wonder if i do well dear au revoir write me about ned davies are you still as cruel to him as ever and believe me to be with sweetest thoughts of you at bloomingdale as ever betty p s if my letter seems more fragmentary and disjointed than usual put it down to the fact that some misguided being in a room near our suite has a violin and plays on it or with it in the most excruciatingly horrible way whenever i am in you know how i loathe violins save when played by competent artists and this person is evidently amateur au bout des anglais a man of course he draws a strong bow i despise men who are musical i mean men who play on violins and pianos and flutes betty End of chapter one recording by jen broda